0: In 1993, a boy named Trevor was born. In 2021, he will post a YouTube video parachuting out of a plane due to the engine failure. Except, the plane jump might have happened for a different reason. Less than two years after he jumped out of the plane, Trevor will plead guilty to a deliberate plane crash. This is the story of Trevor Jacob a YouTuber who crashed his plane for views. Detective Unit, I promise I'm going to leave the plane crashes behind. I know you have had enough of that. However, this story found me. I'm recording this the last day of May. Yep, 31st of May. So, earlier this month, there had been some updates when it comes to this story, and they have been published in The Guardian, right? And I get The Guardian newsletter, and I was like, what is this about? I have never heard of this guy. I knew immediately it was a guy, because you just know. You just know women had better things to do in life and they just keep having better things to do. And then I watched our pilot guy, the guy that I have used to cover the Air France incident, mentor pilot, cover this on his YouTube channel, and I just had to dig deeper. If you have any recommendations of lesser-known true crime cases where people have committed crimes for either fame or views, sort of like cloud chasers, right, let me know because I want to cover them and then put them onto the podcast channel as well in audio form. I say a lesser-known case, right, but this is one of those cases where either people know every single detail they think they do know every single detail. Or, like me, they come into it and they know nothing. So, what you can expect out of this video is something that I do with a lot of my other videos, right? Like, other than just commenting on the video that Trevor had posted on his YouTube channel, which is what most of the other commentary channels do, because that is technically what the whole niche is. Here, we dig into the background, we cover the actual incident, him parachuting out of the plane, and then we follow into the aftermath to see, really, did this man learn anything from it? As you can tell from my tone of voice, spoiler alert, he didn't. He didn't. Like, there is just such a pattern of behavior that I had to cover this case. And that is truly what I'm offering. The background, the main story, and then the aftermath up until this day. Before, yet another spoiler alert, this goes to trial, because this will hopefully have his day in court. Unless there's like, you know, things happening behind closed doors and he accepts a certain type of sentence. In which case, yet again, maybe there will be material for part two. I can't promise you that. But before we get to the end, we have to start from the beginning. We need to talk about Trevor. Trevor Daniel Jacob was born on August the 6th, 1993. He is best known for being an American athlete who specialized in snowboard cross. He used to engage in extreme sports, create content on YouTube, and has previously had a license as an aircraft pilot. Weiss would interview this guy last year, so 2022, for whatever reason, for views. Yet again, Weiss would interview him for views. Let me just not even debate on the motive there. So, I will let Trevor tell you how he got into snowboarding in the first place.
1: I would say people know me most as an Olympic snowboarder, which is kind of funny because... I don't really do anything like that, or I haven't in a long time. I turned pro and started getting paid to snowboard at 13 years old.
2: the youngest rider to ever make the finals at a US Open?
1: I saw Trevor riding was like, whoa. First thought was, that's not really a kid. He kind of rode like an older dude, even though he was probably 12. At that point, I was still a professional snowboarder, so I was just kind of stoked. I was winning a ton of events and became the next hot thing in snowboarding for a little bit. I had more opportunities to ride with Trevor, and Trevor's always had an insane work ethic, just kind of go for it attitude. So there was no stopping him. He had the talent, he had the support, and he had the drive. Trevor Jacob right there. I went to the Olympics. I was 20.
2: National championship on the line. Trevor Jacob crosses first.
1: I was the number one qualifier for the Olympics in the United States.
0: His prime snowboarding days were between him being 13 and 20, so really his teenage years. And during the period between 2006 and 2016, he was competing in snowboarding at different tournaments. And you can see his results on the International Ski and Snowboard Federation. Trevor, was, whatever you think about him, a pro snowboarder. He had a talent and would even end up representing the United States in snowboarding at the 2014 Winter Olympics. At Sochi, Russia, he made it to the semi-final of the men's snowboard cross. Here, he failed to qualify for the final. There was another American who beat him by a couple of inches. So, this other American, Alex Debold, got to earn the bronze medal, and Jacob finished 9th. He would then go on to take part in snowboard cross events at the Winter X Games in 2014, 15, and 16, achieving his highest ranking of fifth place in the 2016 edition. Apart from snowboarding, he was also skateboarding, surfing, BMX riding, doing motocross, mixed martial arts, and was a member of Travis Pastrana's Nitro Circus group. Well, I had to Google this, right? I'm not, I don't just know of Travis Pastrana's, nitro Seikert's Google, like, rolls off the motherfucking tongue. It's like when the motorbikes fly in the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never explain this sport ever again. And listen, like, at this point, is Trevor a bit self-obsessed? Are these awards getting to him a little bit? Yes. He is however young. He is still at his prime, like, in his teenage years. Like, it would get to the best of us. This is the only nice thing, however, that I will say about him. He was talented, when it comes to snowboarding in particular, but all of these extreme sports, and he was celebrating his successes. In the Vice interview, he shows us that he keeps a board with all of his medals and successes pinned to it. Newspaper articles that mention him, his medals and the gear that he would wear during the tournaments. And being in this industry so young, he also saw a gap in the market when it comes to these extreme sports that he would engage in. Because of this, he ended up founding Adventure.com, a platform for those seeking coaches, guides, or instructors for activities ranging from cooking and meditation to fishing and windsurfing. On this website that is still live, and he still keeps promoting, like, the merch for adventure.com in all of these interviews that you will see. It is such an insufferable little shit. So, on the website, you can still book sessions for, yes, different sports, but also a psychology session with Trevor Jacob, which he is apparently a psychology major. He doesn't, like, mention that even when selling himself, like, as in... He has it, like, as a byline, okay? Let's just read through this. Because if I read it, I if I had to suffer through it, you have to suffer with me. Would you, based off of this description, book a session for psychology treatment with with Trevor Jacob? You probably know me from YouTube or social media. I'm an Olympic athlete, entrepreneur, psychology major, and much more. I have experienced things in life that have built me into someone I never imagined I would become. I'm grateful for those experiences because they have made me who I am today. My goal is to use the knowledge I have gained through these experiences to benefit others. I truly thank God every day for all of the struggle I have been sent, because we only appreciate and are grateful for life to the extent we have suffered in it as well. Book me for a video chat or a phone call. You can also book me for a skydive here in California and other adventures. Which one is it, Trevor? Please, if somebody booked this session and wasted this money, I need to know in the comments, like, yeah you know, post from your anonymous account. I need to know what this session will look like, because I have an idea. Let's just say, based off of the clips that I will play to you throughout this video and have been playing, you will get a rough idea of, like, even based off of this. He probably just rambles on, like, God and his struggles and how he was a young snowboarder, and you're like, what the fuck do I gauge from this? What do I do? What are the steps? Coach me. What am I getting out of this? Nothing. Nothing. Just a guy who is, like, completely self-obsessed, self-absorbed at this point. Last we will leave, Trevor, was 2016, right? When he was competing at snowboarding events. But, as he's an adrenaline junkie, it would make sense for him to get a pilot's license in 2018. This brings us to another facet of his life, which would be his YouTube career. He would post on YouTube since 2010 and had become known for skydiving, aviation, and snowboarding content. And by January 2022, his YouTube channel had over 100,000 subscribers. The early videos on his channel, so like speaking of 2010, for example, would be of him doing snowboarding backflips, hanging from a ski lift, and doing small pranks. Very kind of short and snappy, and a lot of people liked this type of content because it reminded them of early days of YouTube, when people just didn't care about copyright. They would just play whatever tunes and just do whatever they wanted in like very short form compared to like how YouTube really evolved from that point on.
1: I am officially, technically, on my road. I'm about 20 miles from my house. I'm just walking down the road and, uh, gonna try to hitchhike up here and...
0: titles and the format shift. The videos become more of like, I did this, right? So, I skateboarded from LA to San Francisco. I brought my dog on a plane. And there was a lot of train hopping content. We are talking clickbaity video titles that brought him the views. But also what I personally find fascinating is the complete format change. So it's not just like, oh, video titles changing, right? Suddenly, from short form, he goes for what for him truly is long form, like 30 minutes, sometimes even more. And it's, he's facing the camera. It's as if he's interviewing himself. Like, I swear, I have tried to, like, look in his, his description and be like, is he speaking to someone? Is, like, he giving an interview? Is this, like, a sponsorship? No. No, it's just him telling you about how he did XYZ, like, skateboarded, did BMX, whatever. And then he overlays the actual stunts for maybe, like, a couple of minutes. But he's just talking to you. <laughs> To camera about what he had done. It's reminding me of Emily Uribe from TikTok, who is that girl who role-played interviews as if she were a celebrity, like on a late night talk show or on the red carpet. And then she did become famous because of that, because of how good she was at this. However, with Trevor, let just, let me just play an example for you to assess how good he is when it comes to storytelling
1: screw you up so i'm like okay abandon that plan and it's crazy as i tell this story your mind slows down to such a degree that you are literally like considering every option in a millisecond so i'm like okay i'm gonna grab the tree. nope that's not gonna work so i'm like okay try to swim to the airbag like literally try to swim through the air to the airbag and then as i was going that way i was like okay you're, you're still headed for the tree. <sighs> <sighs> So I'm looking at the tree, going, and and the tree, by the way, I was so bummed out I wasn't wearing a GoPro for this, because it, if only the viewer could see what I saw, is I'm headed straight for the woods. Like, the airbag's here, and I'm, I'm headed for this tree. I was going to try to grab the tree. That wouldn't have worked. So I'm going to...
3: You hit the brakes too soon Twenty stitches in a hospital room When you started crying, baby, I did too But when the sun came up, I was looking at you Remember when we couldn't take the heat I walked out, I said, I'm setting you free But the monsters turned out to be just trees When the sun came up, you were looking at me You were looking at me
2: You were
0: I don't know if he ever finished that story. I truly couldn't have cared less. And as a fellow Delulu person, okay, as a fellow long-form enthusiast, Pop Pop is your channel, but it will get to somebody and also one of the main reasons about him picking and choosing what he includes is most probably to do with legalities of his actions. Penalty for train hopping in the US, like, yeah, it doesn't come as a surprise that hopping from train to train might be illegal, can result in up to four years in jail or a fine. Now, beyond already posting videos that are bordering the lines of legality, the thing to know about Trevor is that he most probably deleted or privated some of his content. What I'm basing this opinion on is that the video that we are here to discuss was private when I first started researching. But then, for whatever reason, he made it public again for a while. I couldn't find anyone with screenshots of his channel before 2021 and now, but it makes me question how and why he picks which videos he leaves versus the one that he deletes. The last video that I have seen that remains public at all times was from May of 2021. He will post a video named Johnny Strange Documentary, and it's dedicated to his best friend, who died in 2015. In 2015, Johnny Strange crashed while wingsuit-based jumping in the Swiss Alps. Ace jump is the parachute jump from a fixed point, so usually it's like from a mountain or a high building, rather than an aircraft. His friend was only 23 years old. He crashed a few seconds after taking off from Mountain Gitchen when the strong winds had got to him, and he reportedly lost control in mid-air and crashed at high speed.
1: This is a photo of my best friend growing up, Johnny Strange. This is him suiting in Switzerland he died in 2015 johnny is dropping me off at the train station i'm going train hopping he's going to europe to go wingsuiting and uh this is a quote by him i know some people think what i do is irresponsible because of the risk but the day i let my fear deter my ability to follow my dreams i have already died i will as well as everyone else die someday but on this day i was more alive than i'd ever been before johnny strange 1991 to 2015. that's definitely something that's like. You know, pretty inspiring like i haven't forgot about and i always try to remember that because we shared a lot of good times together i know he's out there watching i've seen a lot of pros come and go and a lot of pros end up getting really bitter and they're over the sport because it chewed them up and spit them out and it's hard It's very similar to the feeling that you get from a drug. You have this rush of adrenaline.
0: This truly horrific death of his best friend brings us a couple of months forward. So, beyond the documentary that Trevor had published on his channel, he will also decide to commemorate Johnny Strange in his own way, for the sake of the good old times. As I try to be as unbiased as humanly possible, this As I try to be as unbiased, because I try to be as unbiased as humanly possible, this documentary on Trevor's channel is actually quite decent. Like, it does focus mostly on his friend, on his life, like, on the two of them doing different things together. The focus is on his friend. So, I have to, like, give him that. And if you want to engage with anything on Trevor's channel, there is, yes, a couple of videos still left. I would suggest probably watching this one. Like, if you have to give him money, this would be the one decent video to watch. Now, this next piece of information, right, that comes in 2021 and brings us to the video in question, I couldn't find that it was made public anywhere. But at some point, and I think the timing will be relevant here, and hopefully the course documents can clarify this for us, Trevor bought a plane. Now, he would own a TaylorCraft BL-65 that was a 1940 vintage single-engine aircraft. I believe the timing is relevant? Like, did he buy this plane in 2021, just a few months before recording this video? Or did he buy it early on? And why? Like, was it the issue of money? Because, like, this plane, he is pricey, even from the brief Google searches I could find online. Or is it purely, like, the intent, right? Like, the motivation here was purely to buy the plane now, so he can create this video. Everybody will describe this as a beautiful aircraft, probably not even equipped with a radio, because it was made in 1940s. Now, because of when it was made, some people will mention the cost, and yes, the damage to the aircraft. Although saddening, and a definite waste of money, will be the least of Trevor's issues. Another thing, as we are going to start commenting on the video in question, that I haven't seen mentioned online. When watching the commentaries of the video where he jumps out of the plane, I am to believe there are two versions of the video that we are about to dissect. The original one, and then the one that Trevor cut out. The difference being that in the original video, in the one that I have seen people cover in the commentaries, there is a sponsorship at the beginning of it. There is a sponsorship of a wallet, and then on the one that you can currently find, if he hadn't privated it again, on Trevor's channel, there isn't one. And the commentary from the pilot guy makes me also think that the ending is quite different, that he had cut out a certain part of the original video. And more on that is to come as we speak about it, because I yet again think that it is it is definitely important. Like, what decisions he had made, even when it comes to this whole video, and then, obviously, the rest of his whole channel. On November 24th, 2021, Trevor will depart from Lombok City Airport, aboard his plane for a solo flight, with an apparent destination of Mammoth Lakes. However, in his plea agreement, he would later confess that his true intention was not to reach the intended destination. Instead, he planned to eject from the aircraft during the flight capturing video footage of himself, parachuting to the ground, and the descent and crash of the airplane. So, the route that he is supposed to take is from one airport to the other in California. Let us now dissect this video. To begin with, the whole point of it is to spread the ashes of his friend. A couple of points to preface here. First, his friend died in 2015 he somehow either holds onto the ashes of his friend in this small plastic bag, and then wants to disperse them in 2021. I haven't found, like, the account of this. Because I suppose he doesn't have all of the ashes of his friend. It's just so bizarre. It's such a bizarre topic. But I suppose he doesn't have all of the ashes, or maybe he waited for the family of his friend to, like, share some with him. I don't know what the context is here. I just kind of have to mention it, because... Johnny Strange died in 2015, and this is happening in 2021. Second point here, he initially, and to this day, from what I have seen, even when he unprivates the video, named it I Crashed My Plane. The video is called I Crashed My Plane. Now that makes me think that the video might be focused on him crashing his plane. You know, like the concept of a video circus is a circus. It's not spreading the ashes of my best friend. The first version of the video, as found in the commentaries by other YouTubers, mostly pilots, starts off with a promotion of a wallet. Is it wrong to have the focus of the video be about your dead friend and start it off with a promotion? Possibly. I just have to play it because it's insane to describe. The fact that his friend's ashes are in a small zip-up plastic bag, and then the transition from talking about his friend to a wallet promotion, it just, there are no words. There are no words for what's happening on the screen. And
1: do some paragliding, do some snowboarding. It's going to be a super good time. I got my best friend Johnny Strange's ashes with me. We are going to go paraglide off of one of his favorite mountains up in the Sierra Nevadas and uh, spread some of those. So I'm super grateful he'll be joining us. Got to give a shout out to the Ridge Wallet. doing the run-up, and we'll be on our way soon. So, much love. We'll see you in the air.
0: I just hope that these edits that we are seeing in the other commentators' videos are done in such a way for them to avoid copyright. That these are truly rough cuts. That this isn't Trevor editing this video in this way, because it makes him seem like an insane person. And truly, if you do anything like this for me, okay, first of all, I don't know if I want to be cremated. So, let's let's start off with that. Let me just make that clear. I haven't made my own decision, So, like, let's just not cremate me against my own will, right? If I am dead and you are to do something like this to my ashes and then, like, make it all about you jumping out of a motherfucking airplane and keep me in a plastic container, like, I will haunt you for life. I will make sure that you do not sleep for the rest of your life. Like, what do you mean? What the fuck is this? Before taking off, right, he then is now in the plane and he places multiple video cameras in different parts of this aircraft. He is equipped with a parachute, with a video camera and a selfie stick. You can see at least two cameras inside and out of these two, we never really see most of the footage from the one that's in the back. It is supposed to focus on the dashes, possibly showing us the reason for the engine failure. Then there's at least three cameras outside, two on the wings and one on the stabilizer. Now, another thing that our pilot guy comments on is this dangling thing that you see in the aircraft, which is a fuel selector. It's not supposed to be hanging like this, but apparently Trevor got this plane for cheap and then did some works on it himself. I don't have more context on this, like what did he do? Hopefully that again comes along as pieces of information during the trial. He shows the ashes of his friend again as he is flying above Los Padres National Forest. And roughly 35 minutes after departure, while flying over this forest near Santa Maria, he will eject from the airplane, documenting his parachute descent using the camera mounted on the selfie stick. Even before this Oscar-worthy jump, there are a few things that stood out to the professionals. First one being that the door seems unlatched already, like, before the engine is to supposedly quit.
1: It's like his door's already unlatched. Double check that. No, it fully is. That door
2: is already sitting two inches
1: open. So obviously this video is gonna be filled with red flags, which is why so many people are worked up over it. But I mean, that one to me, right off the gate, I don't know why you just happen to have already had your door unlatched in the event of an engine failure that you were planning to jump out of or prepared to jump out of. It's just a little fishy.
0: And then when the engine quits, Aircraft is just windmilling in the air. He seems to be pulling the engine instead of looking for a glide angle and how to land the plane. This is according to our pilot, Guy. And the only reason he would do this, according to actual pilots, is for effects, like to dramatize how he's losing control of the aircraft and he needs to play a hero and jump out or else.
4: Out here, and you can see when the engine failure occurs. You can see that the engine stops pulling the aircraft forward, and it kind of wiggles a little bit, that's when it, it stops working. After that, it's just windmilling in the air. And already at that point, you can also see that the door is a little bit open, and people have been pointing to that, like, hmm, it looks like he's prepared for this. But it doesn't need to be that way. It's a, we don't know how he has been cutting this. It's a possibility that he's had problems with the engine for a few minutes or so, and that he's opened it as a precaution. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that there is a possibility that that it is that way because we don't know how he's been cutting the video. What I am seeing here, though, is something which is a little bit weird, which is how he's pumping the controls. Generally speaking, if you do have an engine failure on a single engine aircraft, you don't pump the control, you don't, you know, try to get the nose up. Instead, you want to get the nose down and you want to achieve the speed for best glide angle. That's the speed where you'll be able to reach the furthest, you know, you'll be able to reach as far as the aircraft can possibly go, to be able to find a a suitable landing spot. And that's what you should be doing. You should be achieving that speed and looking for a place where you can put this aircraft down safely.
0: He is never looking for a place to land. He's not calling for Mayday. He is not calling emergency services. He doesn't do any of that. And possibly, yes, because there is no radio, because it's a 1940 plane. He just says, oh shit, and jumps out. What he should have done, considering the aircraft has a single engine, would have been to glide. Like, this plane glides itself nicely, as you are going to see, because he reports the descent of the plane. So, he was supposed to trim the aircraft for glide, look for suitable landing area, and then try to restart the engine. And according to our pilot guy, like, if this isn't, like, some substantial engine failure, the engine might have started up working again at some point, as he's, like, just trying to aim it downwards and descend. If nothing works, none of those three points, then he was supposed to call Mayday. Now, as I'm mentioning, the reason for this that he will probably claim in court would be that he didn't have cell service on the plane and that the radio hadn't been working and that this was the only route, the only possible way that he could have saved himself and not caused any further damage to the aircraft? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Pure performance proceeds from this point on. He takes out a selfie stick camera and records the jump. Is it a red flag? Yes.
4: So what we're seeing now, this is pure drama. This is pure Hollywood, okay? Because he's clearly had the uh, sense to take his GoPro camera up. That is, he hadn't held the GoPro camera. You can see that on the video. And then he is, you know, pretending basically that he's in full-blown panic here, and he doesn't know what to do. But if you have the frame of mind to get your camera up and start filming yourself, you're probably not that stressed in reality. So I don't buy that this part of it for a second. What would have been really interesting to see here is that camera, the GoPro that he has behind him, which is filming up towards the engine instrumentation. Because what you really want to know here is what happened, why did the engine stop? Engines tend to give a little bit of warning before they stop, you know, the oil pressure might go, the temperature must start re- rising, things like that. So, generally, it doesn't just stop from nowhere. And I am guessing that the FAA is going to want to see that footage as well.
0: Something that has to be pointed out, there are so many cameras working here. There are so many shots that have been taken, so many angles. But the one that is crucially not there is from that camera in the back, focusing on the dash. Why not show anything about the reason why the engine would have stopped? Here's a question. And the FAA would want to see that footage, and so would I, to be honest. Was that camera even on is my number one question, because I don't think that for a single frame this. We have that camera angle. And I'm just wondering, like, is it on? Did he dispose of that footage? Because he really shot himself in the foot if that camera shows anything but the plane actually malfunctioning. And if there is no footage of that camera, but you can clearly see that it's there, why was that camera the only one that wasn't working? Like, you can't really say much to defend yourself there. Like, it's just, it's just on. Putting that camera there. And never showing an angle from that camera, it is just purely stupid. During his jump, then, Trevor will arch forward. And this is possibly due to the pressure of the parachute. So we have to break this jump down to the main takeaways, right? The plane was positioned to always tip forward. And this is odd to anybody who is a professional pilot, because it would make it harder to maneuver. Like, it would make it harder to actually be in charge of this plane. And then, just as he jumps, people pick up on something poking out of his uh, trousers, which is the fire extinguisher that was strapped to his leg. You can even see the pressure gauge when it comes to his waist.
4: All possibilities to land this aircraft successfully, even with the engine not working. And there, he jumps out. So, effectively, this is where he stops Aviating now he's left this aircraft to its own accord, right? It's gonna go and do whatever it does One thing that I do notice though and that pilot blog another youtuber pointed out is that as soon as he lets go of the yoke The aircraft pitches forward that indicates that it's trimmed forward, right? And that's a very strange way of flying an aircraft Normally you trim the aircraft to fly wings level because that means the less work for you If you have it trimmed forward, it means that it's constantly wanting to dip the nose and you constantly have to hold against it. That is a really really weird way of flying. And there's no real reason why you should have it trimmed forward, unless you want it to tip down as you leave the aircraft. Another thing that I just love with the internet community is that because there's been a lot of controversy around this video, we have this community of internet sleuths that have gone through this video frame by frame to look for strange things. And just a few days ago, they figured out that this looked weird, right? His, his pant legs, they, they don't look right. So they started going through this part of the video, but also his free fall. And they realized that it looks like he has a pressurized container of some sort strapped to his leg under his pants. Now, you can have a pressurized container for many reasons. Well, can you? Really? Well, anyway. But one of them is that there is a fire extinguisher there.
0: I had to dig deeper when it comes to this fire extinguisher, because I thought that this was purely selfish. And also, for him, like, if this engine was to actually catch fire, if something was to actually happen on this plane, again, act as a hero. And then, like, hold a selfie stick in one hand, and then, like, try to extinguish this fire with the other. But yes, is it weird that he just has a fire extinguisher while jumping on a plane, like he was prepped for this? Yes, the fact that he has a parachute is another thing that we will talk about. However, with a fire extinguisher, there are multiple possibilities. Two of them more prevalent than the other, and the first one we are to talk about is actually more probable. So, what if the presumption here, right? Because all of this is still alleged is that he expected a plane to burst into flames and for him to land close to it. So in order for that to happen what he done the plane was to land, crash rather and then catch fire. He had to clear this fire in order to save the footage, to save the cameras.
2: His plan would be to land his parachute as close as possible to the aircraft so that he could rush to it with his fire extinguishers and cool a path to the GoPro so he could extract them before the whole aircraft melted into slag and destroyed the evidence. But two things went wrong. First of all, in his effort to get all kinds of free fall footage to make his viral video, he waits too long to open his parachute which means he ends up landing too far away from his aircraft, and it takes him a long time to get there.
0: My only question here is, how would he sell this to the public? Because there are already layers here, layers upon layers that people are doubting, including the parachute, including the fire extinguisher strapped to his leg. Like, if this was to have happened, the plane bursting in flames, and then him using the fire retardants, like what or whatever, like to tame that fire, it would just be like even harder to explain to anybody that this was actually an engine failure and he was just super prepared for it because he always seems to be. The second option is kind of less plausible and that is if fire extinguisher strapped to his leg was filled with gasoline.
2: Next option, let's assume he filled the fire extinguishers with gasoline. What would the plan be in this case? Let's say he was so paranoid that a plane full of gasoline would burst into flame and destroy his valuable GoPros, that his plan was to make sure that that didn't happen. So what he did, he took off with only a small amount of gas, then he circled over the area where he wanted to have the engine failure until he ran out of gas Then he strapped these canisters full of gasoline to his legs, and his plan was going to be this. He would let the aircraft crash. He would go to the crash site, pull his GoPros off, spray the aircraft with the fuel in his tanks, throw a match on it, and then get dramatic footage of the aircraft bursting into a fireball just as he escapes. This probably isn't likely because, as far as we know, there was no fire, but that is what an investigation of the crash site would show, if there were any attempts to start a fire.
0: This would be to instead get rid of the evidence by making the plane burst into flames. Probably a less likely option, because yes, then he retrieves the cameras and then burns everything. Again, would look sus on camera. After he jumps out, we have a few other segments of this video. One of them is the plane just perfectly gliding into the forest area. Dangerous? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you can see that the plane could have just been landed, and there is plenty of landable spots. just Shown in this video, shown through all of these different cameras, all of the areas where he could have safely landed this plane. Then we have the plane actually crashing. And this would be from the footage that he would then go and recover. After the plane crashed in the dry brush area within the Los Padres National Forest, he crashes himself. Into these branches, it's all like super dramatic. He crashes with the airplane, so yes, he has a couple of scratches that he will willingly show to anybody watching. And he says he tried to call for help but had no service, which I found really weird. But apparently, according to all of these commentaries that I have seen, you can still try to call 911 even when there's no, not a single line of service on your phone but it's kind of a myth that it will always go through, which is scary. If it's already an option, kind of fucking scary. And after this, after he tries to call for help, he starts going towards the plane to recover the plane instead of going towards safety.
4: This aircraft is flying beautifully by itself actually, it almost looks like it's trying to make an emergency landing and you can also see that it's clearly windmilling the propeller now as soon as you let it go, the speed started rising again, the propeller started windmilling and uh, if it would have fuel or the ignition on, could potentially start here and the engine could start working again. Here we can also see that the aircraft is now entering into what looks like its final turn and uh, we have this mountain up here which has a bold spot on top of it so that makes it fairly easy to see where the aircraft is actually about to impact. So this is now Coming
0: in with his parachute. As he is walking, he also keeps telling people how this is why you should be flying with a parachute, which he doesn't in either of his last videos. Like, he has that video of, like, well, I flew with my dog, whatever, I brought my dog on a plane. He doesn't have a parachute in that video. And also, according to pilots, you shouldn't. Like, it's bulky, you should make the aircraft safe or try and follow procedures, like the procedures that we have just gone through, is what you should be doing. Not just flying in this, you know, having a solo trip with a parachute on you. Like, that's just, again, not something that people do. After now safely landing with the parachute, he would hike all the way to the crash site, retrieve the data containing the recorded footage of his flight and the airplane crash. And he will show you on camera what the aircraft would look like, and just how much damage it had been done to it.
1: I guess I should probably document what's going on.
4: All of this with a firm grip of his GoPro camera.
1: Got my elbow.
4: Now comes probably my, my, you know, the part of the video that I have the most objections to.
1: I'm just so happy to be alive. I'm just kind of taking in what just happened. Well, where the hell am I going to land a freaking plane? I'm going to die. That's why I always freaking fly with a parachute.
4: So what he's saying here is basically you should always fly with a parachute so that when you're in a tricky situation like this, you can just jump out, which is counter to anything that any CFI would ever teach a PPL student, right? Like I said before. The training that is given to new pilots that's going to fly this type of aircraft is to take care of its aircraft, right? Aviate, navigate, communicate, and do it in that order. Continue to fly your aircraft. You are the commander of the aircraft, right? You want to make sure that that aircraft comes down in one piece together with you and that it doesn't cause any third party damage. So what he is saying here is goes against everything that trained um, flight instructors would tell their students to do. And that's something that, that you know, I take strong opposition to. Now after this follows a kind of a really poor Bear Grylls imitation where he's going through the scrub and he is drinking water from a stream and then eventually he gets to the aircraft.
0: And then for the rest of this video, and I mean half of this video that is online. He had gone bear grills mode. This guy is survival mode. He's telling you how thirsty he is, how tired he is, how hungry he is, how um, a mountain lion or a bear might be watching over him. They're not. They're not. You're simply not the main character, Trevor. However, he is just, <laughs> in the most boring way, walking through the brushes, telling you, like, everything that's going on here. And then the video ends with him smelling cows. Finding a farm, and he knows, like, okay, the farmers must be here. Like, he came to safety. They're gonna save him. The end card, right? The end card of this video, he again would repeat, luckily, he had a parachute on.
1: Parachute, and I'm like, I can either jump right now or, or take the chance of landing this thing. And I'm F- that I'm out. And then as soon as I uh, opened the canopy and the, I'm under parachute, the plane came back around oh, and goodness. almost hit me. You have no <laughs> idea how far back we are. You I have really, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. That was the gnarliest day of my life. Where were you? Where Holy were you shit! At? I'm I. I probably have been walking six, seven, eight miles already. No, just no, just no, in the river. I was I was probably five miles up in the hills. No, you I you almost fell no off clue. a cliff. You know, I literally was just like, I, I saw fresh tracks on the car, and I'm like, I'm gonna just get to that river, and and then I saw water, I started crying.
0: There's so many displays here that, like, an actual criminal, like committing, like, murder, or, like, yeah, like, attempted murder, like, something premeditated would do, which is, like, that repeat behavior. Like, when somebody, I don't know, doesn't have an alibi, but, like, you know, they have something that they have to repeat in order to convince you that they haven't been there. They haven't done this. It's like, no, 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 I definitely had a parachute on, though. Like, that's, that's what I always do No parachute. Like, I will repeat this, <laughs> like, 20 times during this video. And it will be the most suspicious thing. However, I am thinking, because I'm guilty, that, like, no, this is actually what, like, saves me. This is what justifies me. No, it was the complete opposite joke. A complete fucking opposite. Like, nobody's buying it, especially when they then review, like, you're second-to-last video from this point on. If you are anything like me right now, you have one question and one question only on your mind. What happened with his friend's ashes? I have replayed when he makes his video public, which is kind of like every other day for whatever reason. I have played this on the version that is on his YouTube channel right now, and I can't find, like, anywhere, like, him in the air, like, while on the plane spreading his friend's ashes. I don't see the moment, or at least, like, it doesn't happen unless it's, like, a couple of seconds long, when he's walking, when he's found by the farmers. Our pilot guy says that the video doesn't actually end with that end card of him, like, repeating, like, oh, always wear a parachute, rather than once he comes to safety, like, he actually goes and spreads his friend's ashes, but I couldn't find that version anywhere. And, like, the commentators online don't include it. So, the spreading of his friend's ashes, the whole point as to why we are here, is not in the version that is public on his YouTube channel. Now, from what I know, you have one chance to make changes to a video that's already uploaded on YouTube without taking it down, losing the money, losing the sponsorship money, and then, like, re-uploading it, right? If I am right, this man used this one chance to edit the video, to cut out that sponsorship from the beginning of it, and if I'm to believe the commentators commenting on the first version of the video, to cut out the end of the video, where he actually commemorates his friend. The only person I feel sorry in this whole situation is his friend. It's his friend who died in 2015 in this accident, and then this guy decided to just use his friend's death commemoration for clout, for what? Like, it's just such a, such a mistake, such a dipshit. Only after securing the footage did he ensure his own safety and leave the area. And something our pilot Peter mentions beyond the implications is that if this video was fiction, right, if he actually in court and said like, oh, well, I never said like, this was real life. Like, you know, I do certain things on my channel that you shouldn't repeat at home. Like, it was my plane. Like, variation on a team. It should have been stated. Because what if someone who is not a professional skydiver or a really experienced pilot thinks that this is the way to act in a real-life situation of engine failure? It poses a real safety risk to that person. Let us now summarize all of the red flags that we have been mentioning throughout this video. And this is just related to the footage that you have seen, because his behavior afterwards would offer a bunch of other red flags in their own niche. He strategically positioned the cameras, then there was a parachute that he was wearing, there was no emergency landing attempted, there was nobody that was ever called. He jumped out, recording the jump and recording the plane crash and then went to retrieve the rest of the footage. I put in the script, as he is walking then for hours, he also looks so much like Brian Laundrie in this video and it just adds to the eeriness. Clearly not like something that he will be punished for, okay? Brian Laundry didn't commit his own crime prior to this incident as well. And also looking like a criminal doesn't... Maya, process what you're saying. The FAA letter also says that during the flight, he opened the left-side pilot door before he claimed the engine had failed.
3: The viral video shows him jumping out of his plane wearing a sport parachute something experts say is unusual
2: they're not particularly comfortable and as you sit in the seat it puts you sort of in an odd position
3: the parachute was just one of nine red flags the faa says proves the crash was intentional he also attached multiple cameras in strategic locations on the plane he opened the pilot door before claiming the engine had failed
2: that adds drag to the airplane which limits your uh, the time that you have to glide to a landing
3: the faa says jacob made no attempt to contact air traffic control prior to jumping and made no attempt to restart the engine by increasing airflow over the propeller
2: all pilots uh, are trained to deal with various types of emergencies including engine failures this is something that i would have expected him to have demonstrated uh, to an instructor.
3: According to the FAA, Jacob also made no attempt to look for areas to land safely, even though there were multiple areas within gliding range where he could have made a safe landing. He jumped while holding a camera and continued to record the aircraft during his descent. He recovered and disposed of the wreckage, and he recovered the cameras on the plane after the crash.
2: Thank you. God, thank you, universe. This was nothing but a stunt that was premeditated and planned.
0: There will be a whole point in this document about what he actually did with the wreckage. However, point number six states that this flight was careless or reckless so as to endanger the life or property of another. And we don't talk about point six enough, I fret. Because that's truly what, like, gets neglected in this whole story. Because people focus on the call of the red flags and the jump. I'm like, no. He could have killed somebody. He could have caused a wildfire and yet again killed somebody or himself. But just that the killed somebody. How did this man know for sure? Because I bet that this is going to be his defense in court, right? How can he prove that he knew for sure that this vast area underneath him was not going to have a single human walking by, hiking, doing anything. How could he have been sure? That's one thing that you cannot convince somebody in court of, that he just knew for sure nobody's gonna be there, nobody's gonna be harmed in this whole situation. The absence of certain things is a red flag in itself. Although there is a camera that's mounted inside of the cockpit that faces the panel, there are no shots of the panel that show the position, of the knobs, of the throttle, or the position of the switch at the time of the power loss, or after. After the event, also, he would hike out of the brush, and he would talk about all of the benefits of wearing a parachute that you could think of, like how it saved his life, he could have died. And he stated that he always wear it as he flies. But the search of other flying videos on his channel show that this statement doesn't seem to be correct. You don't see it in the video that he uploaded only two months before this one. And people called him out for this big time. And in, I think it was the Vice interview, I have watched so much content on this piece of work, he has a silly, goofy response to this, right? What if the parachute was in the back in the other videos? He is having the time of his life. Like, he's truly having a blast with the attention that he is getting.
1: And I can't really talk about those questions. But, you know, in some of these videos, especially the one that we're making today, there might be some subliminal answers that might be shown.
3: The notorious line that you said was that you always wear a parachute. Yeah. There is no way that people aren't going to notice in other videos that you've made that you were in fact not wearing a parachute.
1: How do you know there wasn't one in the back? Maybe I decided to fly with a parachute, but I'm not wearing it. Um, I
3: thought the key was to always wear
1: Wear it, yeah.
3: There's not a little
1: trolly vibe at all. I mean, like, still would say it's probably a good idea to always wear your parachute.
0: Beyond the video in itself, I have mentioned there were quite a few red flags when it comes to his behavior afterwards. The first one being that he had to inform NTSB of this crash. However, he doesn't do it for the next few days. So, the reasons why somebody manning the aircraft should inform National Transportation Safety Board is if the incident was to occur due to flight control system malfunction or failure. Now, it wasn't until two days after the crash. he actually reports it to them and they start an investigation. They told Jacob that he was responsible for preserving the wreckage, and he agreed to provide them with the exact location of TaylorCraft and his footage of the accident from all of those cameras. Now, they don't normally, NTSB that is, investigate unscheduled, off-airport landings, of vintage light aircraft, unless there is a failure of a flight control system damage to something other than the aircraft in excess of $25,000 or serious injuries as the result of the accident. However, something made them actually file this preliminary report. Three days after this, the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, launched their own investigation into the plane crash. So, in our timeline, the authorities believe he's doing his best to get them the location of the plane. Instead, what Trevor is doing is buying time. We are going into the Looney Tunes zone. Get prepped, because this is some of the weirdest pieces of information I have ever read in a case, and I read a bunch of shit online, okay? Two weeks after, the actual crash, like, and him jumping out of the plane. So, the video is recorded 24th of November. We are now 10th of December 2021. After both the National Transportation Safety Board and the FAA started investigations, contact him to retrieve the plane from the crash site, in December of that same year, Trevor instead picks up a phone, contact, contacts a helicopter company, asking his friend to help him retrieve the plane. Him and his friend flew to the site, secured the wreckage, lifted it, carried it to a different location, Rancho Siskoch in Santa Barbara County, loading it into a pickup truck. They then drove this to Lampok City Airport, unloading it into a hangar. Then they ended up cutting up and destroying this wreckage, disposing of it, in the trash bins near the airport and elsewhere. Let us just pause. This is some of the most, like, bizarre details that I have ever read in a case, and truly a display of an unhinged individual. Because, yet again, I'm picturing this man going from a bin to bin on street, and he's like, hey, here's a propeller, here's one wing, here's the end of the plane, here's, like, that probably cockpit camera. I need to see CCTV footage of this, that's A, and B, did he throw away the cockpit camera? Is it on the footage? Was he at least dumb enough to retrieve some footage before he disposed of that cockpit camera, the one facing on the dashes? Because then they can retrieve that through his laptop, through the technology that he was using. Please, somebody tell me that this individual is even more dumb than we think he is. Because this is murderous behavior. Like, this is equivalent to somebody cleaning up a crime scene, dismembering the body. Like, we're truly in the Looney Tunes land. What do you mean you're dismembering the wreckage of a plane and then, like, piece by... piece disposing of it in different bins around the city. It's crazy shit. On December the 23rd, 13 days after he disposed of the aircraft, of the wreckage bin by bin, he posts a video that we have dissected on his YouTube channel, promoting a wallet, making the money out of all of it, and supposedly commemorating his friend. He still, at this point, hadn't given authorities the location, because he had cleaned up the whole fucking crime scene. So in January, the investigators follow up, and they're like, hey, my man, like, where is the plane whose engine most definitely failed, right? Like, where is it? He would then proceed to claim that he didn't know of the wreckage location. After, may I remind you, he already got rid of the plane. So they're like, cool, cool, cool. They'll look through the video and possibly recover things that will only come out during the trial. And in four months time, in April of 2022, on the basis of his act of opening the cabin door before the alleged engine failure, the absence of any efforts to execute an emergency landing, contact air traffic control, or restart the engine. And his personal and unsupervised retrieval of the onboard cameras and wreckage, which he subsequently disposed of, they took away his pilot license and gave him a one-year ban from flying. The FAA would state that his flight was deemed to be careless or reckless, posing a threat to the lives and the property of others. His reactions, To his license being taken from him led to two very inspiring interviews exhibiting levels of maturity of a toddler. Hey man, I
1: still love you. Thanks man, love you too. The topic of this video is losing my private pilot's license. Um, So I got a statement in the mail that said, uh, you know, we're ordering an emergency order of, you know, having to give up your pilot's license. And so I'm like, oh, okay. You know i got the letter in the mail and then all of a sudden new york times posts an article and that's happening like right now but uh then as soon as one person posts it you know uh, everyone else is going to jump on it so i've been reached out to about like abc nbc cnn fox news like all these different people they're calling my family members they're calling my friends they're like it's just interesting to see like when the news wants to jump on something like they all just attack it like flies i'm on an fbi terrorist watch list now That's kind of an interesting thing. To all you haters out there or lovers, I made some merch to pay for some attorney fees and I got like this one that's feeling adventurous always. If you get that one, I got some other ones that I made at adventure.com. Click on the products tab and we'll take care of you.
0: We go back to our Vice interview where they set him down post his license being taken from him in September of 2022, where Trevor says it's been revoked for 10 months. I think that this revoking of the license is still in place. I would very much like somebody to confirm that for me, because it's kind of concerning that I can't really find that information online, because 10 months or a whole year is long gone. Tell me that he can't fly. Just somebody telling me he can't be manning another aircraft, please.
1: i land a freaking plane, I'm gonna die. That's why I always freaking fly with a parachute. Whether I completely did that on purpose, or whether it was the scariest, most terrifying accident that was completely non-intentional. The world may never know. Did you crash the plane on purpose? I can't answer that.
0: This isn't Gossip Girl with the, and as the secret I'll never tell, punchline here to be continued is pretty obvious. However, yet again, another podcaster gave him the time of day, gave him a microphone, so he spoke into yet another microphone. And this is like gaslighting. This is one-on-one. If you were to book a session with him online, he would teach you how to gaslight with no motherfucking problem. Somebody gave him a mic and he thought he did something here. Someone from ABC
1: was like, this is so-and-so from ABC News coming from Washington DC. I don't care where you live. I didn't think that just uh, posting a video of an adventure gone south would uh, ruffle so many feathers, but just know I got nothing but love for you at the end of the day, you're the one that chose to be offended. (laughs) You don't need to watch my videos. Like you're here because you're intrigued by the video or else you wouldn't watch it. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. It's just the truth. It's like, you have the freedom to not watch me, but you're watching me. So like, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're here at the post office. Gonna mail in my uh, pilot certificate. The FAA is demanding that I send it back to them. So, uh, there's that. I guess it's one less card in my ridge wallet, but also go to adventure.com, click on the products tab. If you want to get a always wear your parachute shirt, you can help me pay for attorney fees. It's been good to me. Thank you. We'll see you in 10 months.
0: Before the charges have been brought against Trevor, we have to just mention a few more bits about his appearance on Vice. So, remember, this is September 2022. His license, pilot license, had just been taken away from him. I just love to show you a pattern of behavior prior to the incident, to the crime, and then I look into whether a person expresses remorse, whether they desire to change in any way. Have they had any lessons that they have learned about what they have done and what other people have pointed to them doing wrong? Let's just roll the tape. Let's just play this video.
1: The FAA said he intentionally crashed that plane in his viral video. It might make me a psychopath in a weird way, but all the like, turmoil, I've probably never laughed harder in my life.
0: Why did anybody think that this was a good idea? Like, why did Vice give him time of day for views? Yes, we established that early on, right? There is one thing he says during this interview, however, which I think is crucial to this guy's mindset. What happens as he talks about his snowboarding days and how, even then, he would do illegal things. Things that were, like, borderline criminal. But these were all victimless crimes. He sees them all as victimless crimes. And I truly think that this is, to a certain degree, going to be his defense going forward.
1: For with Mountain, As a brand videographer. You were a Mountain athlete, so I got to work with him on the video side of things. I met you and different people, and I'm like, oh, there's this different side of snowboarding, and you need to just go out in the backcountry and, like, have fun with your friends and film some things that, like, may or may not be illegal. Not like causing anybody a harm, but like things that the average person probably wouldn't do. Victimless crimes, yeah.
0: What this tells me is as long as he crosses the boundaries, but nobody dies, he's safe. Which is such a dangerous way to look at things, because at some point you will inevitably reach the point of no return, which is what happens here. It's like a clear escalation of him being like into extreme sports, snowboarding, cool, harmless little things, and then the channel shifts to like, I did this. Very clickbaity titles, he sees that brings him more views. He thinks, like, okay, what else can I do that hadn't been done before? And he doesn't think of like all of the consequences of his actions and then just does it. And yes, now it's time to face the consequences. The Vice Video also offers another avenue for defense. Beyond the Nobody Died narrative, there's also This idea of him propagating this and I think this is kind of timely, right? Because yes, his license had been taken away from him. He's probably realizing shit, like this might have further consequences. He mentions his snowboarding days resulted in him having twenty five
1: concussions. This has more protection than a normal snowboard helmet, so I chose to wear that. uh... Sorry, is
2: twenty five concussions or is that hyperbole
3: or are you saying that potentially did have 25 concussions
1: to be completely honest with you i've had a lot more than that just guessing from i started hitting my head when i was eight years old you know probably when i was 18 years old i mean it's happened a couple times but i would be sitting here talking to you and immediately just forget what i was saying yeah just like completely gone
0: what i believe this might be opening up for an avenue of traumatic brain injury right i'm not sure like if he has much else to work with here. But like, you know, during the period of him being a teenager, some crucial injuries have been made, and this is why he can't make rational decisions. I don't know, what do you guys think? In trial, if this ever goes to court, like what will his possible defense even be? I read somewhere that his parents claimed he maybe had five concussions instead of 25, but I bet at this point the concussions are going to pop up at some point, if the trial was ever to happen. And, as if it weren't already obvious that whoever ends up prosecuting this case will have the time of their life, in the same Vice video while trying to humanize this guy, we also have a moment of Trevor reacting to the news outlets speaking of him. This is very much giving the avenue to the prosecution to paint the picture of a man who really did this, knowing full well what he was doing start to finish.
1: That there was going to be a lot of different people thinking a lot of different things. But I figured, you know, hey, I went. And I experienced this, and it happened. Holy I'm f- over the mountains, and I get f- out of Asia out. You know, it just so happened to be on film, so I may as well share it with the world. As soon as that hit the internet, things changed a little bit.
2: Let's have a look at what we can see here. He always flies with a parachute he thinks that everyone should always fly with a parachute. I don't recall him ever wearing a parachute in other videos. The fuel selector valve is seen dangling in the cockpit. The door is a little bit open.
4: It's a little suspect that he's immediately pulling on the yoke, trying to get it slow. What would have been really interesting to see here is that camera behind him. He just opens the door and jumps out. Here we go, without ever having done anything to
3: try to save the airplane. That looks like a totally landable spot. This is a huge landing surface right here. I don't think he even realized when he posted this that he just kind of gave himself away.
2: Trevor is seen wearing a fire extinguisher... Ever
1: seen wearing a skydiving altimeter.
2: He staged it, or he just had really poor
1: training. This is a very fake video, pretty sure. The hazard that he's creating by
4: jumping out of the airplane and just letting it fly is ridiculous. He crashed his aircraft in a national park. There might be forest fires. What about all the people hiking? What about
3: all the animals?
4: It's a condor, a reserve. I expect him to be put away for life. This is a perfect example of something stupid that could lead to more
3: regulations that are going to overly burden the rest of us.
0: As you now have a picture of a 29-year-old Trevor and his view of the plane crash, there was an update on this case earlier this month. Well, May, when I'm recording this jam. On May the 11th, 2023, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Central District of California announced that Trevor Jacob pled guilty to a felony charge of destruction and concealment with the intent to obstruct a federal investigation. According to prosecutors, he admitted he lied to federal investigators by submitting a false aircraft accident report, and by falsely stating to an FAA investigator that he parachuted from his plane because the engine had quit and he could not find a safe place to land. He further said that him and his unnamed friend used the helicopter to airlift the wreck to the area that we had mentioned before, on December the 10th, where he would later load it into the truck trailer, move it to a hangar, to Lompoc airport, cut it up, dispose of the pieces in various locations over several days, without authorization. I absolutely love how they have to manage <laughs> to mention this, as if somebody would authorize him binning an actual plane. And while telling investigators, he did not know where the wreckage was. I have a feeling, right, this is based off of the investigators. I have a feeling that him going for a guilty plea has something to do with the investigators getting a hang of his conversations with a friend. Like, he probably had to hand over his phone records, and they saw, like, full receipts, history. Things that he must have had to submit, because or everything that I have shown you so far, does not give you the indication that this guy ever had the intention of fessing up. Trevor said that the motive for his scheme was to earn commissions from a wallet seller that sponsored the video. And, as a result, Trev here faces a maximum of 20 years in a federal prison. The emphasis here federal. So, federal prisons' inmates are the ones that violated federal laws like drug trafficking, fraud, tax evasion, certain types of white-collar crimes. And just a fun fact for you, just, I think, a couple of days before I'm recording this video, Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos started serving 11-year sentence at a federal prison herself. So, Trevor Jacob here might get more time than Lizzie Holmes. Beth Holmes? Did anybody call Elizabeth Holmes Beth? I need you. I need you in my comments. (laughs) Because legend. Stuff of legends. A plea agreement and one-count information charging Jacob were filed in May in the United States District Court in L.A., and he is expected to make the initial court appearance in the upcoming weeks. Trevor Jacob might have underestimated the intellect of his audience. He might have never expected to face consequences for his actions. But what will eventually make or break this case will lie in the technology he himself used to create a video of the allegedly staged crash. The crucial factor that will determine his level of responsibility might be found in the cockpit camera recording, or on the device used to script his jump. This case will eventually hinge on that one word that describes the mental objective behind every criminal act. Intent. And that is the case of Trevor Jacob. Questions that I have for you here, right? Let me know if you watched the gem of that video, him jumping out of the motherfucking plane in 2021, like, and what your thoughts were there. Did you, from the get-go, without any expert opinions, think that it was staged? Do you also think that he's going to get 20 years? Because I am finding it hard to believe that he will not just... get Not a slap on the wrist, but probably a fine. Probably a hefty fine. I don't know that this guy is going to serve any time in jail. Personally, do I think he should serve some time? Yes. Definitely some time. Possibly, yes. 20 years. Because if there is somebody to be made example of, it is this guy. Like, his behavior before during, and after, is truly crazy. It's, it's insane. It's criminal to, like, so many degrees. Because it's not just, like, oh, I'm obstructing an investigation. Like, you are taking a plane apart, an actual aircraft, concealing the evidence, thinking, like, you're, I don't know who who do you think you are? You're, like, looter. You're, like, Bear Grylls. You're everything. Fast and furious over here. Like, what's... what goes on through through the head of somebody like that? And it's just a pattern of behavior before, a pattern of behavior after. And somebody, like, if he gets, truly, a slap on the wrist, gets back his pilot license, come on. This man will harm somebody eventually. And that's the scary part. That's the scary part. That's why most definitely, and hopefully, this man ends up serving some time in jail. Just to process and think, because, yes, I can maybe make some justifications for teenage Trevor Jacob, who also didn't do a bunch of this shit, but he is, what, 29 turning 30 now. He should know better. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to me that he does, or that he's showing any sort of remorse any sort of learning from this. And I wonder whether in court he will suddenly start to, write, show that he had learned so much. He will never do this again, because his lawyers are going to feed him the lines. But you let me know what you think about this one, and I should be seeing you in two weeks' time. My out! Al- my out! Al- let's go!